Christmas, we were going to do it last week, but there was an influx of influenza A going around and is still going around, but thankfully um, we were able to switch some things up so we can still enjoy uh, our Christmas program this morning uh, with some uh, special musical worship. I'm very thankful to Randy and Patty for putting that together. Uh, just a few announcements that we want to let you know about. Uh, first is that uh, at 2.10, we, we will be meeting here to go Christmas caroling uh, to different nursing homes in different places uh, in the area. We will be splitting up and going to different places and then kind of converging back here and enjoying some uh, fellowship time. So that's at 2.10 today, and Pastor Cody uh, will have more about that at the end of service. So I encourage you to come for that, um, to see some people we haven't seen in a long time, and en encourage those who can't get out and about. Secondly, as many as of you know, uh, we are switching up our Sunday morning um, schedule a little bit. We'll be going to uh, a service at 9 a.m., just one service, followed by um, Sunday school for all ages. So uh, we, with that, we need to know how many of you will be coming to each group. So currently we have four adult discipleship groups that have uh, formed. I'm very thankful to um, many of you for being willing to facilitate those. Uh, these are designed to be uh, structured around uh, God's Word, what He has for us, and a little more life-on-life -life discipleship in smaller groups rather than a large service. So you, uh, rather than telling you uh, what each of the topics are, I'm going to make you go to the welcome desk and sign up and see what they are so that uh, there's a little skin in the game for you guys. So there's four groups. You can, you, we need you to sign up at the welcome desk so that we know uh, roughly how, how much room we need for each group. So now this morning, I have the privilege of uh, introducing our Christmas program, so I invite you to enjoy with us some of the stories of Christmas. better hurry up on this letter to Santa. I can't believe that I waited until Christmas Eve to finish this thing. And I also need a new pogo stick, new drum, ump rope, new shoes. Oh, and I just have to have that new turbo deluxe drone. Yeah, yeah, just a second. Ah! Who are you? Where did you come from? What do you want? Ich bin Splenda und ich bin deine gute Fee und ich bin hier, um dich auf eine Reise nach Weihnachten zu nehmen. Zusammen werden wir so viel erfahren und erleben, worum es an Weihnachten wirklich geht. Uh... Oh, oh. I'm so sorry. I'm a transfer from the Black Forest. <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs> I'm Splenda, and I am the ghost of Christmas past. That's the rough story. One more time. I'm Splenda, and I am your, how do you say gute Fee in English? Um, I am your goodly, fair mother. No, that's the wrong one. I am your fairly God's mother. Oh, no, no, not that one. Um, I am your fairly odd mother. Yes, that's it. I think that's the right translation. At your service. <laughs> Okay. <sighs> Listen, even if you were, why are you coming tonight? I am like way too busy for this. I still need to finish on my letter to Santa so that way I get everything I need when I unwrap my Christmas presents tomorrow morning. Oh, no, 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 that's exactly why I'm here. You do not know what Christmas is truly about. I am here to take you on a journey through the stories of Christmas. Oh, you mean like the Grinch in all the Who's in Whoville, or Rudolph, or Frosty. Yeah, I've already seen all those movies this year, so I think I'm set. No, 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 no. I mean the true stories of Christmas, the people and places that help shape the season we all enjoy so much. I don't know. That sounds like really boring. Couldn't you just like make it into a YouTube video instead? You can see I have my work cut out for me. Well, we better be going. 
let's get moving and better play, pay close attention, okay? Fine. I guess I could stop for a few minutes. Good morning. Do we have any littles that want to join me on the platform? Miss Izzy was ready. Izzy, are you going to come join me? Yeah? Come sing with Miss Kimmy? Yeah? Good job. We'd love to invite any littles that want to come sing. We're going to celebrate with Christmas offering. Come on up, Miss Izzy. Plenty of room. Okay, you can come up. Yeah. You guys can come up and sing. Sure, sure, sure. Come up, come up. Yes, yes. Come up, come up. There's plenty of room on the steps. Thank you. Good. Let's have you Oh, you guys, come right up on the steps so they can see your cute stuff. Good job. You can even use the next steps down if you want. Plenty of room. Good morning. Would you rise with me? We're going to sing and praise the Lord together. This Christmas, we have the opportunity to be reminded of the most amazing gift that we've been given, the gift of um, Jesus Christ and the opportunity to have him as our personal Savior. And what an amazing thing to praise about. Are you kids ready? Good job.
last. If I don't have something soon, I'll be finished. Oh, where are we? It smells awful and I can barely see anything. We are in the office of Mr. Charles Dickens in the year 1843. Do you ever knock for entering a stranger's home? Oh no, what fun would that be? Can he see us? Oh no, 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 that could alter the course of history. No, we are invisible to him and silent, I think, mostly. If I don't want something soon, me and my family are going onto the streets. Then what will I do? Don't the pool houses all poison? Didn't Charles Dickens write that book about the one dog? Is that the one where Marley dies? That's it. Molly was dead to begin with. So why did we come to see Charles Dickens? Well, you see, Mr. Dickens here is often referred to as the man who invented Christmas. I don't see how. He seems kind of crotchety to me. Crotchet. That's it. Ball Cratchit. On the contrary, Mr. Dickens' short novel about Ebenezer Scrooge was written to represent those less fortunate. In London, kids had to work long hours just to pay for pennies to help their families meet ends, and he wrote his book in only six weeks, and it flew off the shelves early that December. Wow, but why was this book so special? I mean, stories are told all the time about Christmas. What makes this one any different? Well, you see, because of the time it was written in. London was a poor, old, smelly place. And his book reminded people of the hope that Christmas brings. What hope? Oh, we'll get to that later. But for now, we should leave him to finish his book. OK, I just hope he gets more word for that fire. It looks like he only has some tiny timbers left. Tiny timbers. God bless us, everyone.
now where are we? And why is everybody dressed so weird? Well, we are in the town of Demra in the year 380. I don't know what to do, my daughter. I don't have enough money. I don't, I don't have enough money for a dowry for one of you, let alone all three of my daughters. We're just too poor. What am I to do? I might have to work. You might even have to become a slave in order to survive. But, Papa, we cannot. I cannot be a slave. I'd rather eat Grandma Ethel's fruitcake. Don't speak such nonsense. We both know that fruitcake is only good for holding the door open. But, Papa, I'm scared. Don't be scared, my child. God will help us. God will help us. must find a way to help these people. Where to put these? Huh. It's nice to have a place to hide things where children can't snoop. Perhaps I'll start some new trend. It'll never catch on. You see, the gifts this family received were a real need. I hope you can see how that's a little different from you needing that drone. I guess. But this cannot be St. Nick. He's supposed to be fat, with a big white beard, and star in Coca-Cola commercials. Oh, no, oh, no. The real St. Nick was a true man of faith who stood for the truth of Scripture, and he believed in helping anyone he could. Now, we got a few more stops to make, so we better get going.
I can do. I'm starting to get motion sick. That's all right. I'll have you back in time for your oh-so-important list. No! No. I mean, my list is just starting to feel less and less important. Where are we now? Well, we are in Obandorf, Austria, in the year 1818, Christmas Eve in St. Nicholas Church. Oh boy, will St. Nick be here too? Um, this is 1,500 years after St. Nicholas? Mm, no. Shh, let's listen to these two gentlemen. But, Franz, the organ pipes have been ruined by the flood. It's too late to try and fix them. We'll have to cancel the Christmas Eve service and send everyone home. But we can't. People will look forward to it all year. Isn't there any way we can get that organ working? Not unless you've suddenly been trained in organ repair. We must come up with a way to have music in our service. It wouldn't be a true Christmas Eve service without it. Can't, well, can't you play some hymns on your guitar? I would, but we need something new. I know, we could play your song, Steel and Ox. No, we can't, it doesn't even have a melody yet. I can write, I can write that in no time. Hmm. Very well, we'll play Steel Knock for tonight's Christmas Eve service. This song will be sweeping sensation. I'm sure people everywhere will know Steel and Ock for years to come. Well, that one was a major bummer. Why? I mean, those two guys just had to throw that song together last minute. Maybe, just maybe if they would have had more time, they could have had a hit. You? Have never heard of Stille Nacht? I'm pretty sure nobody has. You should learn German. Why? Well, you see, Stille Nacht is Silent Night in English, and you may have heard of that word. Oh. You see, Franz and Joseph knew the importance of celebrating the birth of Christ, and they used their gifts and they thought they did something so small and insignificant when they composed that song and just their little church service would hear it that Christmas Eve and millions have heard their song and it has changed hearts. You know, that reminds me, would you like to learn a modern German Christmas song? In der Weihnachtsbecker. Oh, haha, okay. Where are we off to next? Well, let's see, there is the Princess Charlotte, who in 1800 popularized the Christmas tree after getting married to the British Crown Prince, but I think we'll go join a family road trip instead. Oh boy, can't wait.
trip. Where are the Cheetos? Where are the fun songs? Where are the whiny kids in the back seat? Well, I guess this is actually after a family road trip. Something special has just happened. Oh, did this couple just get done unwrapping their Christmas gifts? I hope they got everything that was on their list. Well, they did get what they needed, and it was the greatest gift of all. A portable foot massager? <laughs> no, dear. They received a savior. Can you believe it? Joseph, it seemed impossible, yet here he is, just as the angel had said, here is our Jesus. I know, Mary. It was so scary when he gave us the news of Jesus coming, but now that he is here, I am so glad we came to Bethlehem together. He's the son of God. He will lead us, Joseph. He will save us from our sins, just as the angel had said. We had to find the snow for the sheep, then come all the way here to make sure we didn't miss this. I know it, Hank. Here is the baby. Here, here is our savior. Yeehaw! I can't believe it. We gotta let everyone know. Let's load up the truck and go through Bethlehem shouting, our savior has been born. Do you think everyone will be excited as them about their savior? Maybe not right away, Mary, but one day, one day, everyone will be excited and know that he's their savior. Uh, Splenda, what is a savior? Why, a savior is a person who saves another person or a group of people. You mean to tell me that that itty bitty baby is going to save people? Yes, and he's going to be the greatest Savior of all. He will free people from their sins and call them back to himself. Wow. Wow, indeed. He will, he will grow and teach, love people, and he will even die for them. But that's just the beginning of the end of the story. And for the rest, you have to read your Bible. You can start in Luke and read the great story of our Savior, which, yep, we're just going to make it. Make it where? Well, to a church in Rice Lake, Wisconsin. They're just about to hear about that wonderful Savior. I don't know. Pastors usually tend to take forever to just skip to the point. Well, may have a point there. But today, this church has a special guest. And this church does have donuts. You know, that's probably why everyone goes there. <laughs> I'm glad that you've been able to join us as we've kind of traveled through history, hearing the different ways of how the great story of Christmas has been told, has been shared in a variety of ways. It's been wonderful. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for singing. You guys can come down now, because we're going to take a moment, and uh, correct, Pastor Aaron, they can come down, or they just, you want to just stay there? You can just stay there. Awesome. Awesome. You know, the story of Christmas has been the greatest story ever told. It's the beginning of the greatest story. And we're excited that the children, let's give the kids another great hand for all that they did. You know, none of us were there that first Christmas morning, although kids, there do seem to be a couple old people that seem old, but not that old. None of us were there. And as we've got a glimpse of church history here, seeing the different elements of how that story was told, it's great to see how that Christmas story continues. Though none of us were there, none of us were part of that church part of history, we are a part today of continuing the story of Christmas, telling that great story. And one of the great ways that we as a church get to be a part of that is we support missionaries that go out and proclaim that message of Christ to this dying world. So at this time, Christian Betsy, you want to come up? They're going to come and share a little bit about their story of how God's called them to the mission field, and we're going to be a part of supporting them.
Good morning, church. It is such a joy and a privilege to be before you and just share um, just of what the Lord has been doing in our lives and where he is leading us um, in the future. And I want to thank Pastor Cody and the mission committee and all of you just for the opportunity to be able to worship with you this morning. It was such a great place to just see, um, to, to, relive, to relive and to really see like um, what our Savior has done and how um, he came to say to die on the cross for all of our sins and all. We are the Chimanga family. My name is Christian Chimanga, and my wife's name is Elizabeth. I forgot that I have a clicker. There we go. Yeah, my wife's name is Elizabeth, and we have three beautiful kids, Lorraine, Colette, and Jean-Luc. Lorraine is seven, Colette is five, and Jean-Luc is four years old. We are missionaries with Ethnos 360, and the Lord has called us to be church planters in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. I was actually born there where I lived the first 12 years of my life. In 1996, there was the first civil war that broke out in this country, and this one lasted until 1997. And then immediately after that, a couple months after that actually, a second war broke out, and that one lasted until 2003. It was in the midst of that second war that my family and I fled the Congo to come to the United States. We settled in Dallas, Texas, where we started attending the church that had helped us in our efforts to come to the United States. At 15 years old, I understood the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I placed my faith in him. And then, as I kept growing in the knowledge and in my love for the Lord at 21 years old, the Lord called me into missions by using the story found in Matthew chapter 25, the story of the servant who went and buried his master's money instead of going out and investing it. And so the Lord used that to call me into missions to make me realize that he has blessed me with spiritual blessings. And what am I doing with these spiritual blessings? Am I just sitting back and just enjoying what he has given me? Or am I investing it back for his kingdom, for his purpose, for his glory? And that is how the Lord called me into missions. At 23 years old, I went to New Tribes Bible Institute, where I took two years of just uh, understanding the Word of God and just understanding this beautiful story of this redeeming Savior who saved us. And this is where I also met my wife's brother, who went on to introduce me to her the following summer after I graduated. And I'm going to call her up here to share a little bit about her testimony and tell you a little bit more about our um, organization. All right, yes, um, what a fun Sunday to be with you all. Um, uh, just, yeah, so it's really great to be here. I actually grew up um, in Cameron, Wisconsin, so this is, you know, basically home. Um, and I was blessed to grow up in a believing family. Uh, my parents taught us about the Lord from a very young age. Um, and at a very young age, probably about four or five, I understood that I was a sinner and that Christ had died for me in just very simple childlike terms. And, of course, um, that understanding of what Christ did for us and that understanding of how great my need for my Savior um, is has grown through the years um, as my faith has matured. And so even from, you know, grade school into high school, I wanted to be involved with ministry. And so I attended a Bible college and graduated with a degree in biblical counseling and a minor in missions. But at that point, missions still wasn't... Um, really what the Lord had laid on my heart. I just, you know, I knew I wanted to be in ministry, and so I was using the biblical counseling. And then I ended up taking a course on world missions. And it was a 16-week course, and there was a lot of reading, and they would um, fly in different missionaries who would speak. And just all of a sudden, the weight of God's heart for the nations just hit me with a completely new force. And the Bible is the narrative of God pursuing his creation, the people that he has created. And it's not just for... Um, American churches. It's not just for South American churches. It's for all the nations, all the people groups. And and so this um, this understanding just hit me with a new weight. And so at that point, I um, wanted to get involved with missions. I felt a steady conviction that this is what the Lord had for me. And so I went to China, and I taught um, English as a platform for missions in China. I was able to teach one semester at a Chinese university, um, and then I was not able to get a visa to stay. That was the same time that the current president right now um, started to really crack down on 
just the Chinese church and also um, missionaries there. And so I came back, and as the Lord would have it, I worked one more summer at Bible camp, and that was the summer that Christian was also at that Bible camp because my brother had invited him. And so we met at a camp in Wisconsin, and our shared desire to do missions just really um, led us into a fairly quick courtship. We got married um, in the next summer. And um, we both knew that missions is what the Lord wanted us to do. And that was almost 10 years ago now. Um, and so the Lord has done a lot in our lives, but we didn't want to lose the passion for going to the mission field. And so we lived in Barron. Christian was working at the jail. And the Lord was blessing us with our, our children. Um, but as you know, there's a Somali population in Barron. And so we were right there in the heart of it. And um, we actually got to meet uh, Bar Barbara and Otiano there and um, working in that ministry and John Peterson. Um, and it just, it was such a blessed uh, time because our church, uh, Providence, our sending church, Providence, um, down on Eau Claire Street, um, they were able to see us um, functioning in a cross-cultural ministry setting. And that was just such a blessing. Um, and finally, in 2019, we were able to go to the training with Ethnos 360. And this is a four-semester course that just, um, they teach you so much about church planting methodology, um, going to remote areas, how to live off-grid if you need to, um, how to do translation, how to prepare Bible lessons. And so we just um, grew so much as a family during that time. Sorry, just keeping my notes up with my voice. <laughs> um, and so after that, we um, began, during this time we were praying about where the Lord would have us go. And um, one day I suggested that we pray about Congo. And that was a place that Krishna had not thought of really going back to. And so as we began to pray, the Lord really burdened our hearts for the people in Congo. And yeah, so... Um, we just wanted to share with you guys really briefly why we um, are going with Ethnos 360 as an organization. They have several distinctives that we feel are really important. And so, first of all, we reach among, or we minister among unreached people groups. Um, and we also work in the language and the culture. And I loved the play um, with Simone because that little part in the front where she was saying the German and the translation, and how important it is that we don't mess up the gospel, right? That we know that the people are receiving the message that we actually want them to receive. So we work in the language and culture. Um, and then we also translate scripture because obviously they need to have the Bible in their own language to read and to be able to learn and grow. And as well, um, we teach the Bible chronologically. So by definition, an unreached people group doesn't have a concept of the God of the Bible. And so we introduce God the way that God introduces himself, beginning in Genesis and teaching through Revelation, teaching the Bible to them in their own language. And then we also want to establish mature churches. So evangelism is only the beginning. There's also the discipleship that needs to occur for a church to begin to grow and to be able to develop into a church that has its own indigenous leaders preaching and discipling and evangelizing and reaching out to those around them. And so we know that these things, they don't happen overnight. They're not going to happen at the end of a first term, a three- to four-year term. Um, and so the, uh, Christian and I are just asking the Lord that he would allow us to spend the better part of the rest of our lives serving him in Congo, um, seeking to plant churches. Um, so I'm going to let Christian take back over and go sit down. Yeah, so... <clears throat> For me, I never thought about going back to the Congo because as a young kid, remember, as I said, we fled war. So there was horrific things that I saw that I never wanted to go back. And I used to even have nightmares about ever just being back in the Congo and just being stuck there. And so it was never a desire in my heart. And so as we started praying about where the Lord would have us go, the Lord started changing my heart from seeing this place of war that we fled to looking at the Congolese people, the people that I can sympathize and empathize with, and just to see the spiritual darkness that has blinded so many of them from the true gospel of Christ. And so the Lord changed my heart and my, percep my perception or my, uh, my view of them. And he created a heart within us of just wanting to share the true gospel of Christ with them. Congo is home to 90 million people. 45 million of those people are unreached. There are over 200 languages spoken in this country, of which I speak French and Ingala. The people have been heavily influenced in Catholicism, Pentecostalism, the prosperity gospel, traditional religions including witchcraft, 
and several varieties of syncretistic beliefs. In looking at the history and the current events of the culture, we see that the people still unknowingly hold to this evolutionary system brought in during the colonial times. And this system divides the classes of people by their level of education. So those who are not as well educated are seen as lesser. The people do not trust their government because of corruption and unmet promises, which has led to widespread poverty. The rich get richer while the poor get taken advantage of. Guerrilla wars have displaced many from their homes and left orphans all around. Women have been raped and killed, and their children have been abducted and recruited as child soldiers. These are the, the reality that we have to take into consideration as we are entering this context, because these are the things that have heavily influenced their worldview, their core values, and their um, core beliefs. Our long-term goal is to plant mature churches that are preaching the, the true gospel of Christ among those who have never heard of the name of Jesus Christ. And even further, we want to see those indigenous churches sending missionaries from their own to the regions around them and even beyond. But we are the first ones with our organization, Ethnos360, to go into this country. So there are several foundational steps that need to take place before we can get to a mature church. We want to enter this uh, we want to enter our first term as learners. We, want, we, we need to learn the language of wider communication as well as the majority culture. Because this process will, uh, is rewarding because it will allow us to um, establish strong relationships with the Congolese believers as well as the unbelievers, our community there. We will start in a city called Lubumbashi, which, which is in the southeast corner of Congo. Sorry, didn't mean to point the laser at you guys. Uh, the southeast region of the Congo. Um, and in this, in this area, that's where they speak uh, Swahili and French. Our first term will be three to four years. And at this time, we'll be learning Swahili um, because most of the unreached people groups are speak Swahili in those areas. So we will also be seeking to connect with local churches and pastors in our efforts to, uh, in our efforts to walk alongside them, uh, alongside the believers there, as God has placed believers there. Lord willing, by the end of our first term, we'll be proficient in Swahili, we will understand well the ministry context and challenges, and we would have strong relationships with the local believers as well as the unbelievers. We will understand the culture and worldview, values, and core beliefs of the majority culture. And during our second term, we will also we'll be able to determine what those church planting efforts should look like. We will be looking to identify the people groups and regions who are not likely to receive the gospel of Christ without focused church planting efforts. We'll also be looking into developing strategies to engage those specific people groups or regions. We will continue to understand how we can wisely partner with the local church in the DRC. We believe that God does have believers in the Congo, does have a church, his church in the Congo. And we want to be wise in the way that we partner with the local believers there. We do not, we do not want to convey this image of Western saviors who have everything figured out and who are here to just establish this dominance or anything. We want to walk in there as humble servants, walking alongside them in addressing this great need within this country. So partnering well with the Congolese church could look in a varieties of ways. It could include things like theological training or cross-cultural cross training and training resources to lo local churches or church planting or sending church planting units to all these little people groups or regions or even a mixture of all of this. We will be in the Congo uh, by March of 2023 in just a few 
in three months here, and we are so excited about that. We first have to finish raising our support here. Um, as faith-based missionaries, we believe that all riches belongs to the Lord and that he's the one that's going to provide for all of our financial needs. But he will do that through his church, through his people. And what is our job? Our job is to share with you of this great opportunity to be partners, to, to work, uh, to address this need within this, uh, within this continent of Africa, within this country of Congo. And we invite you to pray and ask the Lord if this is something that he would like, that he, would, that he is calling you to be partners with us in. We are currently at 84% of our monthly support need, which is a great blessing and a great prayer that's been answered for us. And we praise the Lord for it. But, which means that we only have about 16% left to raise. And as I said, we invite you to um, consider whether or not the Lord has you to be partners with us in that way. And if you are if you are interested in that, at our table in the back, there are black folders that have all the information that you need to do that. Although finances are necessary, we need prayer. We cannot do this without prayer. And so this QR code, if you take out your smart device and open your, your uh, picture app, this, this uh, QR code will take you directly to sign up to our newsletter. It'll ask you just for your name and your, your first name, last name, and your email address. And we will be sending out monthly newsletters um, to tell you of what is going on in the Congo. And if you like to do things the old-fashioned way, we do have a address book at our table where you can just enter your name and email address, and we'll be glad to add you on that. So thank you so much for the opportunity. And, um, yeah, let's keep enjoying the Lord's Day. Again, the story of Christmas is the greatest beginning of the great story of the gospel where Jesus took on flesh, and that story continues to be told around the world, and we're excited to partner with you guys as family. In fact, if you guys would come up, we want to pray over you guys. So come on up. Renee, if you could come and... Uh, just let's pray over them. And as a church, if you would just join us in prayer, we're excited. They're going to have their table out there. If you want to get more information about what they're doing, we're excited that with the New Tribes Missions, now Ethnos, they've changed the title. I've got a friend that went through the program. What a great organization. So join us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you being so grateful that it is because of this gift that you've given us through Jesus that we are here and that the Tamengas feel called to go and share this great news with uh, Christian's own people. Father, I thank you for the way that you stir our hearts for the things that matter to you. And so I ask your blessing over this family. I thank you for the way that you have already prepared them. I thank you for the way that you call each one of us, not because we are gifted and qualified in certain areas, but that we're willing and then you equip us. And so I, I pray that as they continue to walk in faith and forward in those steps towards obedience in you, that they see your hand of provision. And I pray that you would bless them as a family unit, that their children would be blessed in this process, that their relationship with you would also grow, and that they would be excited to share that story with even young people their age. I ask your blessing over their marriage as they're going to face new challenges and uh, unfamiliar territory. And so I pray that uh, their relationship would be built stronger um, as they continue to press into you. I pray for fruitfulness, Lord. We're leaving the fruit up to you as they're just being faithful to do what you've called them to do. And so I thank you for the vision you've given them, and I ask that you would place them in uh, relationships and connections with local leaders and, and those who would be influential in that area, that they would hear the gospel and they would welcome it and receive it and come and partner with them as they continue to spread the, this message that's the greatest news anybody could have. So I pray for healing over these people. I thank you, Lord, that um, 
this life is temporary and we get to look forward to eternity. And so I pray that that connection could be made. And bless them also for our church family. I ask you, Lord, that you would um, soften our hearts and open our eyes to see ways that we can be in alignment with your calling in our life, whether that is to partner with them and support financially, but also through prayer, that we would be diligent to do so. And so I thank you for this partnership. I pray that they would feel supported by us as they're there and not feel alone or forgotten. And so I pray your blessing over all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's thank the Lord for the work that's going to be done through their family. So this great story of Jesus Christ is something to be told. A few weeks ago, we lit the candle of hope. It's a story of hope, the greatest hope that this dying world needs. Last week, we talked about this great love. God the Father sent his Son. And today, we light the candle of joy. It is a great joy that we are a part of this story, we also get to proclaim this story. In fact, I encourage you, come this afternoon at 210, we're going to meet and we're going to gather together. We just got a couple simple songs, we're going to go to the nursing homes and proclaim the story to the people around us. Join us in our last song, Stand, as we sing this great Christmas carol.
The ultimate purpose and goal in life is to worship, to adore, to glorify the Lord. Just to let you know, this next weekend we have our services. We have a Christmas Eve and Christmas service. We're going to do the same service for each of the three. So choose one. We've got Christmas Eve 4 o'clock, Christmas Eve 6 o'clock, and on Christmas Day 10 o'clock. It may not get above zero, but we're still going to meet. It's just going to be a cold snap. So I encourage you to join us for one of those services. And also, again, today at 2.10, we're going to meet here in the fellowship hall. We're going to go to, we're going to try to get at least 30 people to show up so we can break up into two groups and go to two different, we're going to three different nursing homes, but also we're going to go to the apartments where Larry and Waldy, where's Waldy, or somewhere here, we're going to go to those and visit some other people. Then at the end, we're going to gather back here at the church. So if you're unable to join us in singing, maybe you can drop off some cookies for us so we can eat those when we're done. So I encourage some of you, if you got the gift of baking some cookies, bring those. We're going to be here about 3.15, 3.20 to finish and celebrate with some hot cider and hot chocolate. So God bless you. Thanks for worshiping with us. May you have a blessed week with family and letting others know the beauty of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thanks for worshiping with us.